Mega Dad's Checkpoint is a mature rated podcast for mega parents only, or for mega kids that want to ask their parents what a lot of words mean. This episode of Mega Dad's Checkpoint is brought to you by Time Management, because insert joke here. everyone and welcome to Megadad's Checkpoint, or should I say The Church of Checkpoint, as we're recording this on a Sunday morning. I, although I don't know the, the particular religious pr- proclivities of my guests, I, I have a feeling there there might be some, uh, some, some, some blasphemy this show, so just so you know, <laughs> just, just giving you a heads up, trigger warning, blasphemy. So <laughs> I don't like the term... I like sacrodelicious. 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 I like that. That's actually going to work really well into one of the games we're going to talk about later in the show. So hold that thought, everyone. Uh, but I am joined, as always, by one of the great Mega Dads, and we're welcoming back uh, Rob on the show, newest Mega Dad. Yo, what's going on? We've decided that he's the newest. We're, we're just because everyone's the newest. Every time they come on the show, they're always going to be the newest because we fire them right before the show and then rehire them. Just sounds like an HR nightmare. Just, I knew what I was getting into. It's it's just it's just so I don't have to record a new opening for people. It's just like, oh, yeah, he's the newest one. That's fine. Uh, we've also got a guest, very special guest. This is going to be interesting because in the past, this is I was actually talking with him this morning about this. This is the first non-streamer slash podcaster we've had on the show since we've rebooted Checkpoint. Well, does TikTok count? Do D&D podcasts count? I don't run them. I'm in them. Well, okay. All right. I'll, I'll give you that. Okay. But I don't way to break the, the streak. fancy equipment. Like, seriously, Evan. I don't, like... <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you but you are here you are here because you are ta- at least tangentially related to the world of digital games. Uh, we've got the great Seppi Yoon on the show. Oh, I like that great title. Like I'm a grandpa. You're not the first board game person, but you are the first like big boy board game person because you own a company. Yeah, I've been doing- yeah, I've been doing this 10 years now. Fight in a box. Woohoo! Fight in a box, which I highly recommend their games, even for video gamers, just because they're, they're, the name, it does what it's on the tin. You're going to fight with your friends, and what else is more video gamey than fighting with your friends? I grew up in the depths of arcades when Street Fighter buttons were bigger than your head and you had to hit them with your elbow. <laughs> I remember those things. <laughs> <laughs> that things are huge. That, that frightens me, actually, because now I'm thinking like those old arcade like Tyco sets, you know what I mean? Oh my, like the big drums, like doing fighting yep. games with those. <laughs> Yeah, they had some big slap buttons. They had, they used to have some big 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 buttons that you can slap on. Oh yeah, no. Street Fighter is different than Street Fighter 2. Everybody mm-hmm. uh, came the world came to know Street Fighter 2 and I was like did my giant button go? <laughs> what is with these ant buttons? What are these tiny ant buttons? <laughs> yeah. So do you, do you still get a chance? Do you still bust out the old Street Fighter? Like, do you feel any sense of nostalgia when you see the new ones now? Um, it's sort of. I miss I miss my Twitch skills. You know, I'm really old, like really, really <laughs> old. 
when I was like, hey, Street Fighter seems like an upgrade from Double Dragon. Like, like seriously. I was already too old for arcades when I was hanging out in arcades, and so that was a thing. Well, you know. <sighs> Obviously, there's a lot going on, but we are in the summertime, which is always kind of the down time in video games, I think, for, for a lot of people. I mean, especially now that, like, E3 and some of those have kind of fizzled. Yeah, it's just it's just not as this is the this is this is the time of backlogs. Oh, it it has been actually, yeah, <laughs> for me for sure. In addition to that, we've also got the Steam Summer Sale going on right now. I, I'm rebuilding the new backlog. I guess would that make any sense? I'm buying the old games for like a buck. What has been your <laughs> Steam purchase? I'm interested, Rob. My Steam purchases recently. Um, I recently purchased V Rising. It was on sale, and I was like, I I personally like the survival action survival games, so I was like, man, this it's game, the vampire I, game, I, right? Yeah, exactly. I saw it earlier, and I was like, man, I I don't know about this. Let me just you know watch some streamers play it and watch some YouTube videos on it. And then I got the looking at it, and that's how I was on sale. I was like, you know what? I got like fifteen, nineteen dollars I can spend on this real quick. Let me just go ahead and grab it and play it. And I've been kind of like constantly playing it. I've been kind of obsessed with it right now. It's been really fun. Um, another game I've recently purchased too was the um, the classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, uh, Shredder's Revenge. I I've been to, having too I need to buy much that. fun with that game. That that game, that game has be- been really fun because it's such a, a co op focused game. I mean, you don't mm-hmm. need to have co op, but it's it's obviously designed for that. It's just reminding me how few friends I have. Mm-hmm. So it's it's, <laughs> it's just sadness. But is is it is it good though? I, it's it's very good. It, they've polished it very well. It plays very smooth. I've been playing it. I ha, like as you know, I play fighting games, so I have an arcade stick. So I've been playing on my arcade stick to just have some of that nostalgia feel to it, and it's been really great. I've been enjoying it a ton. And now for the out of context question for people that start podcast six minutes in, Rob, how big are your buttons on your stick? Oh man, let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> they're they're normal size. <laughs> normal they're very size. normal size. <laughs> Why do you have to go there, Evan? Like, you're—I know you're a citizen of there, but seriously, you just, it, sometimes it, you, visit the rest of us. You bring it out. <laughs> you bring it out in me, sir. I can't help it. Oh my gosh, I'm not taking the blame for this one. <laughs> before I before I was dealing with Rob's buttons, Seppi, you said something there. No, I was I was excited about his choices and survival, and yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, like he had a plan for how he was going to do his Steam purchase. I'm going to do a little bit of like enjoy media. I'm like, mm, is the price point correctly? <laughs> I, you know, I, I I loved all of that. I would I would love like 15 minutes inside Steam's analytics to see how people as a macro and their users behave based on demographics like as a marketing nerd i would love to to see exactly you know who makes these decisions why uh yeah you like how the year looks like for them there's probably a reason that there's christmas twice a year yeah there's a thing it would be it would be interesting to see and and i know they've, they've published some of that stuff over time but they yeah they will yeah, that that would be, I I don't, I'm honestly curious like how much they go into like you know with like Facebook and things like that they they track like how long you sit looking at a particular thing and like how long you, you know before you scroll and to, for all the ads and things like that. I wonder if Steam does mm-hmm. that too, where it's like okay they had this store page open for this long, 
for Microsoft did that for playtesters for Halo. Sure. Um, yeah, there's I mean, it depends on how addictive you want to make your game and how serious you are about strapping people in and putting mm-hmm. eye drops into their eyeballs for them. <laughs> Well, that's what the Steam Deck does. I don't know. People think it's about video games, but no, it's no. about it's about injecting <laughs> eyedroppers into things. No, come on, a little bit of the ultraviolence. Like, why not? I will say exactly the ult- Yeah, yeah, the milk plus. I will go any. I'm gonna I'm gonna see how many references you have to be 50 years old or older <laughs> to understand during your podcast. So everybody, if you think I'm saying something either brilliant or insane. I'm not. I'm just quoting something that is way older. Than Wasn't well. Clockwork Orange was in uh, the new Space Jam, so that's technically a new. Oh no! A new reference. So I think you're okay on that front. Oh my god! I think there was a movie that had like Bikini Kill as part of its soundtrack recently, and I'm like, oh my god, this was an irreverent like like girl punk and like edgy at one time, and I'm like now it's just getting feel good. <laughs> I want to I want to roll it back a little bit to to the Ninja Turtles with Shredder's Revenge and all that. And I, once again, I got so excited about talking to to my guests that uh, I forgot the big question. So let's let's tie this into the Ninja Turtles' favorite Ninja Turtle. We'll start with Rob. Me personally, um, is it okay if I have two? Because they're kind of yeah. even. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is sweet, fine. Sweet. Okay. There's so very, very like... few rules with the big question. Cool, cool, cool. So I like Donatello a lot because he's he's kind of a sarcastic smartass sometimes, but he's still cool and he, you know, he really loves his brothers and bring them that sweet technology. And then I also like um, Mikey too because of how goofy he is. And it just, <laughs> he's just so nonchalant about life. I just really enjoy Mikey a lot. So those are my two. All right, Seppi. I'm going to go with uh, comic book Raphael. You bastard. You stole my answer exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, you got to Son you of a bitch. Across the multi-universes of Turtles, you know, and the, the cartoon is one, the video games are another, the new interpretations are the other, but old school black and white ultraviolence. <laughs> See, what? I didn't get that. I, I wasn't lucky enough to have that part of the Ninja Turtles. See, I'm I'm only I'm not even thirty yet, so I'm still no. quite young, and I miss like a lot of that cool comic books and stuff like that. So, Seppi, we're 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 chatting online with a child. I think we need to be put on a list. No, Rob is amazing. <laughs> he appreciates good things. He does I like his answers. He does. Uh, in no way does my answer, I think. Uh, gatekeep his honest like you know loving your family and being smart and facilitating family i think is a great answer to a freaking question evan i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not criticizing his answer i'm just merely looking up for us i don't want us to get in trouble for for that i i'm gonna i'm also gonna agree with you on the comic book Raphael, just because it's so different like the comic book in general is so different than the any of the animated shows and and I would love like a multiverse of madness with just the Ninja Turtles, <laughs> just just to have that like okay we're gonna go into the the PG thirteen universe uh, yeah, or no, worse. Like, like Teeny uh, Teen Titans is doing that too. Like, sure, they yeah. Hinted at mm-hmm. a multiverse yep. of all the various teams of theirs from live action to another. Like, there's no reason that you know how many different love songs have we had? How many different versions of like 
you know, noodle dishes or, you know, chicken dishes can can you reinterpret? And the answer is there's an entire universe just in like ramen, let mm-hmm. alone any other cultural like specific dish. <laughs> and the turtles the same way. Like you yeah. can have yeah. If you get a chance, people Try to track down some of the cartoons, or not the cartoons, the comics. Well, the cartoons are good too, but the comics, just because they are so different than what people expect, because because I'm I'm kind of in that realm where it's like I saw the original cartoon when it was on the first time, and then I found the comics and was very confused <laughs> because uh, just because well for one thing April was black in the comics, which was really confusing for you know 90s kid you know it was like i wasn't expecting i wasn't expecting them to have changed so much from the show and now knowing all the history and all of that it it was it was it makes a lot of sense um not that they made april white that still doesn't make sense but it it was the 90s so it's eh, people were stupid uh but (laughs) casey jones being both a grateful dead reference and a runaway train conductor like like his name is so old school. Like, and the comic was edgy and indie, and mm-hmm. yeah. And there's a reason it was so good. It it got picked up. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it was weird. I, I, like, you know, picking up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one shows you how old I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, embrace embrace your age. But I do want to recommend before we actually start talking about video games. Um. Uh, I do want to recommend it's a documentary called Turtle Power, which is the definitive history of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it goes into the comic into the first show and I think maybe the first couple shows. Um, so you can definitely see how that changed. So recommend that. It's well done. Well, the Turtles have had a couple of revivals. Rob, where in your history do you check in for the Turtles? Um, I would, I would say... say hmm. Hmm. I want to say, say I did, did start, start watching, watching the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles like, like in the, the earlier, earlier 90s cartoons. So I caught, I caught like, like the tail end before they, they all switched over to like Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon and everything, everything like that. that. So, so I was, I was able, able to enjoy the, the older versions of Ninja Turtles. Turtles. So, and then, and then I, I always played the arcade, arcade games too whenever, whenever I go, I go to, like, to like, you know, you know to birthday, birthday, birthday parties, parties and stuff like that that had those machines that had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games. Oh, so cool. Yeah, yeah, so, so I, still I still got, got, I got, I got like, like the, the tail, tail end, end of it all. all so. So. Sweet. Sweet. Or should mm-hmm. I say radical? I don't know. <laughs> Kawabunga? Kawabunga. I just, I, just, <laughs> I just learned the origins of Kawabunga, and now I feel weird saying it. What are the origins? The, Teach the, me so I can feel weird. The origins of Kawabunga. So the word Kawabunga was originally a word that was said by a Native American, in quotes, character on the Howdy Doody show. And, really? and that was like his like kind of you know pigeon English kind of thing, and then the then the term got picked up by surfers in the sixties. That's where I got it. Yeah, and that's where most people get it from. Either, they either get it from surfers or from Ninja Turtles. <laughs> but like, no, it, origin, it originated on the Howdy Doody show in like the the late forties, early fifties. So there's a lot of scary and racist shit in black and white TVs. So. Well, yeah, man. that's where we're going this show apparently so that's fine (laughs) that's fine i had a a grandpa that really liked like the old western black and white tv shows oh sure he loved them but like as i got older i started to pick up on some of the 
the racial hints or uh, the, the racial undertones and <laughs> yeah, everything were, of the show. Were, I'm like, Whoa, they were just tones. I think for up. most of them, I don't, I don't know if they were undertones oh, yeah. exactly, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's I'm I'm with you on that one. Anyway, let's <laughs> let's we, we again we could go down a, a very dark hole with this, but you do have a game, Rob, on your list that I'm curious about. It's called DNF Duel, and yeah, yeah. I and I'm old enough now. Again, this is all about our age. <laughs> I'm I'm old I'm old enough now where any acronym that I don't know I assume is a sex thing. <laughs> so so what is this? And and, and uh, you know, <laughs> please please disabuse me of my notions. I think you pegged it wrong. Wow. What? Nothing. So, uh, did I say something? Did that? Does that mean something? I'm gonna have to do did two disclaimers it? before this show instead of one. <laughs> this is this is bad. So tell me about DNF Duel. So uh, DNF the DNF and DNF Duel stands for Dungeon Fighters, and then oh, Duel okay. they just they just threw it in there because it's a fight it's a fighting game. So DNF Duel is a um branch off series from the original dfo fighters mm. uh that is a mmorpg game that is out um i think you can find it on steam still uh it's it's relatively old but they still try to bring some new life to the game but uh they uh our systems the company that help um i think it's uh neo 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 geo or neo people i forget the exact company but um they wanted a fighting game an actual fighting game for their mmorpg and so arc systems created dnf duel um it's kind of like a you still get that same art style like guilty gear strive um where it's like super pretty color color palettes and like almost in a sense like a slight bit of cell shading with the with the palettes that they use but um yeah it's a it's a pretty pretty nice fighting game i got it recently and i've um been trying to learn it it's a it's a different field in guilty gear it has like a nice blend of guilty gear and street fighter so that's kind of how i interpret it in my brain it's like a slower paced fighting game but a lot of footies and trying to win this space with your with your opponent so um yeah i'm i'm personally still loving it um a lot of people are kind of against it because it does have the simple controls um i don't mind the simple controls i think it's a great step in the right direction for fighting games because i do know a lot of those input based fighting games are very daunting for people so i i like the direction fighting games are going i I really do i think it's a good step and uh, i think it'll get a lot more people into the games and actually trying to play them and learn them and have fun with them i got a couple of things to say about what you said can i say them rob go for it Number one, I love what you said. It's amazing. Like, first of all, the fact that, you know, 40 years later, people are still calling it footsies. Oh, my God. I love that so much. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I play Street Fighter, man. You got to know what footsies is. You don't know what footsies is. You're lost. You're losing. I can't tell you how many uh, angry, uh, unemployed auto workers I uh, took quarters from. (laughs) <laughs> with Chun Li playing a little footsies. They had no footsies. Yeah, like seriously, like seriously, I, I cannot tell you how much. Number two, uh, approachability is uh, everything in gaming. Like gaming doubled in mm-hmm. size last year for people who uh, labeled themselves as gamers. That's the metrics. Like people who would call themselves gamers, and the um, largest category are those people are gateway gamers. And so to get people into your game. 
um, I think it's the, the greatest thing that you can do for your title and for the hobby. So, Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, I mean, Street Fighter Six is literally doing the same exact thing. I think they realize that a lot of the complaints about fighting games and why, pe- why people aren't really getting into them is the complexity of them. And so I personally can agree to that because I, I mean, I grew up playing fighting games, so I have a, you know, somewhat of a gamer sense towards them so I can pick them up and like learn the inputs and everything. But I, I've always wondered what it would be like to play a more simplistic game. So some of the first games that did it was like Grand Blue, um, Grand Blue uh, Fantasy, which is a fighting game that has very simple commands and inputs. And they also have like, an auto auto um auto combo input system and uh so i think they're starting to pick up on people are starting to receive that a lot better and um you know picking up fighting games because it's, it's a little bit easier to learn you don't have to put in crazy inputs pretzel inputs or quarter circle inputs to just to get a get a special move out so yeah i think it's a i think it's a good start question hmm? have you played killer queen and do you no. think killer queen is a fighting game I I know of Killer Queen. I want to say yes, but there's like a couple fighting game elements that it's missing to keep that's gatekeeping it out of being a fighting game. Yeah, I do. Like <laughs> it's it's there though. It's definitely there. <laughs> yeah, like as far as far as like simplicity and approachability, like it only it's it's uh Evan, are you familiar with Killer Queen? Have you played Killer Queen? I I've I, I thought I did, and then I Googled it, and now I don't know. <laughs> I, it's yeah, it's like I, a, it's like a platformer almost in a sense. Like I was gonna like, say, it's it's the play, like Smash or yeah, <laughs> okay, okay. So that is what I was thinking. What it was, but yeah, it's I guess five on five. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I've I, I've seen people play it. I I, yeah, I no, have I, I have an allergy to standing in lines for things, so I've never played it myself. Because there's never been there's never been not a line in the is few there places around there. There should be. I, th- I think it's called Prozac, <laughs> but you know that's. Uh... Now talk about like crossovers between the board gaming space. Mm-hmm. Josh Debonis, his full time job is indie arcade games, and that is his uh, premier title. Mm-hmm. It's strictly in arcades across the, the the United States. Like the national championships was, uh, here in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. I think. And twenty was it up up down wasn't it? Yeah, it was at the up down. Yep. Uh, and so that guy also writes fantastic board games. He's the he's one of the the co designers for um, Dice Miner, which we're going to talk about when we talk about uh, digital version of board games. I would check out his his board games, and if you haven't gotten a group of people together to play, the idea that a fighting game is just flap and joystick. And it's your teamwork. Like what that's that's how I usually play things. fighting games: just flap and joystick. I'm like that's the best <laughs> I can hope for. <laughs> I gotta move off. I got destroyed. Yeah. I gotta move off. Yeah. I got destroyed. That's pretty much what it is. I I've lost to the the training dummies in Street Fighters before, so that's a. Uh, it's not great, you know. And and again, I'm glad Robbie mentioned Guilty Gear Strive uh, because again, I I I want to be good at that. Because it looks amazing, and DNF mm-hmm. Duel is kind of looking at the pictures for it. It's kind of in the same boat where it's like this yep. looks beautiful, it's really pretty, and yep. I wish I could be good at it. <laughs> Otherwise, oh, it's, it's this uh, from my experience of playing DNF Duel. Mm-hmm. It's 
extremely sent. Like I was able to pick up the game almost instantly. Like okay. going through they they do a really good job too at explaining the game to you. Like literally, like they even put you in situations during the tutorial mode so you can understand it too by actually applying what you just read. So it's 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 really cool. I think they do they're doing a really good job with the game and just trying to get people into the game. So nice. I was thinking also going back to talking about the accessibility thing. I wonder how much of that also figures into how simple it is for the net code because it is primarily mm-hmm. an online game. And it's like if you don't have to be extremely precise with things, that almost makes the the internet le- figure less into it. Because I think a lot about like all the net problems that like Halo has now, where mm-hmm. like the desyncs and things like that. It's just like if you can simplify how much, how many instructions are moving back and forth, maybe that makes the game smoother. I I don't mm-hmm. know. I've never I've never created an online game, so I, I don't know what goes into that. But I I'm curious yeah. how much that figures into it as well. Uh, shooters are so precise. Oh, sure. Right? Exactly. You know, there's a level of extra precision that goes on. Like, timing-based, like, uh, inputs back and forth is easier as a rule. I mean, how long did Worlds of Warcraft get away with practically uh, sending packages back and forth, packets back and forth with squirrels in the internet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- that's definitely a thing. I uh, I wanted to talk about approachability, though, real quick. but Go ahead. Um, uh, I think this trend towards it, Elden Ring is another example of a trend. Uh, here we go. Took a really a de- mm-hmm. deeply complicated and dark game. And Judd just added a little, like, creamer to it. Like, oh, is Dark Souls too bitter for you? Oh, let's just add a little cream and, like, a little light. <laughs> Make yep, yep. it a little more approachable. <laughs> and then, boom, like, you know, this idea of immersive, like, give people something that is well-established, right? It's got decades of of proving and testing and other kinds of stuff. And just make it a half-step more approachable, Right? Mm-hmm. Either by theme or by mm-hmm. gameplay, I, and I, I may finally bite the bullet on Elden Ring soon. It. It's a great game. <laughs> it's what that's what I've heard. It's, it's I, I keep game. I keep hearing that, and and every time I see clips of it, I'm like, I love the design of it. Like I love the world building. I love all those parts of it. And and I think what killed me with it for a long time, and still I'm hesitant hesitant on, are those online aspects. You know, like the notes left by people because I'm I'm such a rube. I, be- I believe everyone online. It's so stupid. <laughs> and so it's like, I'm going to fall. And, and I know I'm going to get burned by that uh, on that game. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, but I, f- I think I heard that there's a way to turn that off. It's like, so you're not, you're not dealing with other people. Uh, but yeah, you, know, you definitely can yeah. turn off the uh, online functions in the game. So you can yeah. kind of just enjoy it how you want to. Yeah. Cause like, I I'm, I'm fine being terrible privately, but not in front of people by and large. <laughs> so it's it's and yet I'm a podcaster. So I mean, you know, take that for what it's worth. There's a reason that like Hearthstone is successful and does not allow you to interact directly with the other person on the other sure, side. Sure. Yep. Like, you know, yeah. Like the worst online community in the history of online community has to be like one of the Dota clones called Heroes of New Earth. Like mm. that community it just the people just want to get on voice to abuse each other. It is just awful. weren't you, weren't you a big? <laughs> and I could be misremembering. weren't you a big Path of Exile guy? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm a big. Uh, you still big are. Po guy. Yeah. Well, I you know I do a season or two a year. 
Um, I love I love PoE, right? But again, I'm older now. I've got to pick builds that I can do. Like the number one barrier for me for Twitch games or fighting games is I don't have any Twitch skills left. Mm -hmm. And as of somebody who played expert footsies, <laughs> you know, and I'm Korean, I understand that you have to like my 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 clicks per second. Okay, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And if I can't do it. Um, you know, but there are people who are making games in genres for people who, uh, have, uh, who want to have that kind of fun, but have different skills. I tell people all the time that like world of tanks is first person shooters for, for slow and old people and <laughs> world of warships is even slower. Like that is true when it, when it's about judgment rather than Twitch skills, then it's, it's a thing. So, Seppi, have you partaken in the Steam sale yet? I did. I did a little bit. I'm super poor because I'm a, a game designer and publisher, and so I can only <laughs> get games uh, once in a while. I was super disappointed. My machine is so old. Uh, speaking of, like, uh, technology based on squirrels as a functioning part of your motor of your machine, uh, I got... Um, uh, Gears of War Tactics, because I love tactics games. Um, and uh, my machine is so old, the graphics card will not play it. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> it's so sad. I was like, wait, it's so many years for this to drop under $20. <gasps> uh, it burns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I know. It's the worst. Okay. I, I've got I, I've had RimWorld on my office PC for a long time, but I've managed to get it so that it's so modded my computer won't run it. Like wow. it just it doesn't have the memory for it. It's like oh Jesus. god. I can also heat my room when it plays too, so that's also good. Nice, that's a good. Uh, that's a free source of heat, right? It is. It is. It is. So yeah, I didn't know there was a mod that uh, named all your characters after hentai heroines. But great, there's I mean, a lot. There's a need. there's if a you lot. You need that, Evan. I'm not going to yuck your yuck. There, there is, there is <laughs> on the you know you laugh, but and now I I have not I did not partake in this, but but there is quite a few similar ones. In fact, there is there is a a, 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 a mod. That is just referred to as the forbidden mod in, in the community. Don't talk about the. Forbidden I won't. Mod. I won't talk about it. But, <laughs> but there's a reason. There's a reason why it's called the forbidden mod. Uh, uh, and yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. yeah, it's no good. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of of weird forbidden things, I guess you could say. Um, I've also done the Steam sale. And one of the big games that I picked up for super cheap, honestly, and I'm and I'm kind of mad that I didn't pick it up earlier just because i ended up liking it more than what i paid for it like i want to pay more for it just to just to be like this is awesome and i want to tip the guys that did it uh but that was bug snacks uh which came out uh i want to say two years ago it's like 2019 i think is when it when it came out um well it came out on pc in april of this year but it but it was i feel like it's older than that but regardless um, it, this, it, I'm going to just read two lines from the steam reviews because I think they encapsulate really what the game is. Uh, the first line is from imitation crabs on steam. It says food Pokemon with neurotic Muppets. <laughs> That's the greatest 
Have you played? Have you played this? Yeah, I've, uh, I tried. I tried Bug Snacks when it uh, dropped for free on the PlayStation Network. Okay, sure, sure. And then the other review okay. by Four or Four Not Found is it's like H.P. Lovecraft designed a Viva Pinata game and also made it really gay, uh, <laughs> which is also valid. I think you know it's. Uh, so the, the basic premise is it, it is a creature collector. So you are dropped on this island, literally, uh, uh, and you have to collect all of, uh, as many of these different kind of creatures that are all based on food. Uh, and you know, so it's you've got creatures that are animated hamburgers or uh, ribs or donuts or, you know, just uh, all different kinds of things. And, and there's actually like the whole creature collecting thing is fairly complex because they all have different ways of moving. They have different ways of interacting with the different traps that you have. They have, and you're given very limited tools to deal with this. You're pretty much given like the most useful tool you get is like a tripwire and you don't even get that to like halfway through the game. So the most part is you are leading people into other people or you're using different sauces. That, that's, that's the lures is you, you have a slingshot that you're flinging sauces at, at things. So if it's the hamburger, it sounds like, that sounds like my twenties. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> for, for most, for many of us. Yes. Uh, but you know, so if it's like a hamburger, you want to fling ketchup, you know? And, and so there, there's a little bit of a logic there. And, you know, part of I, I recommend this game for a couple reasons. One, because the fabulous voice acting in this, the, the cast is pretty much everyone you've ever liked in a video game as, is doing a voice for this. And not only the voices of the, the characters, because there's also these, uh, I think they're called, uh, oh, I should know this. Uh, it's. <laughs> It's not Grumples, but it's something. Oh no, I think I'm right. Yeah, it's Grumples. So they're the kind of Muppety looking characters. They they kind of look. Um... Are you saying, Evan, that Ron Perlman is doing voiceover work for this? He's the only one I could think of that didn't do that. Although he may be oh, one of the creatures. Because, so not so not only are they doing just absolutely fa- fabulous voice acting, like the actual writing is really good and really adult for the uh for the visuals because it's all bright mm-hmm. colors i mean this totally looks on you know it would fit in sesame street and all that but like they're talking about you know there there's a whole thing about there's a married couple that you know basically had this huge fight and there's a they're estranged for a, a chunk of the game and then you know there is uh there's a gay couple that doesn't want to acknowledge that they're a gay couple and then there's there's drug abuse you know there's a lot going on but then you also there have, is a lot going on. There's a lot going on with this story. <laughs> there's a little too much going on. I was like, I was on board when you had like gay food Pokemon, and now I'm like, no. Well, it, this, but it's it's not. This it's, game is real life. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not. It's not overly heavy. But it's like there's a lot going on. But then those same voice actors are doing the voices of the 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 bug snacks, the creatures, and in Pokemon fashion, the bug snacks only say their name, and you have to kind of judge their emotions based on how they say their name but when there's a character name or when a, there's a bug snack named bunger and he's just like bunger 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 like that's his whole line but you have like a ma- i forget who did his voice but it's like it's a major voice actor doing just bizarre silly uh voices so it's really good the the one thing that everyone talks about when they talk about bug snacks is th- so if you look on steam again the user-defined tags for this are creature collector, adventure, and psychological horror. 
<laughs> and and there is there is a little bit of body horror involved in it because as you because you're feeding the bug snacks to the other grumples on the on the island and you they will mutate based on what you feed them. So if you feed them a bunger, you know, their nose might turn into a hamburger or their leg will turn into a curly fry or something like that. So there's a little bit there but it's very much played for laughs. It's very much played silliness. And so I was like Am I just super jaded and like, I don't consider this psychological horror <laughs> or, or is, is something going to happen? And I've talked before about when I played uh, gone home where I thought it was going to be a zombie game and I kept waiting for the zombies to show up and they never did. And so I was worried like in a lot of ways that Bugsnax is kind of the same way where the psychological horror hits you at like the very end of the game. And I won't spoil it. And 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 if you are a jaded, you know, if if you grew up on uh, Videodrome and some of that stuff, this is not. This is barely gonna, you know, move the needle. But I think for people that aren't expecting that, there's gonna be there might be a little bit of a, a shock there. But I think the psychological horror aspects are overblown. But again, I'm dead inside. So, but it's very good. It's it. I, I ended up platinuming it. Uh, so it's it's obviously. Uh, good for that, but yeah, there's there's a lot going on in that game. <laughs> but yeah, it's currently so, uh, it's currently twelve bucks on St- on Steam, and it's a bargain at twice the price. So on the podcast, uh, the D and D podcast I'm on, I'm having a philosophical argument with the druid who, when he shapeshifts, likes to eat the goblins that we end up killing. Don't enforce your dietary considerations on others, sir. Ah. Uh. It's so weird that a straight white guy is insisting that this is okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. I see how this goes. I see how this is. Uh-huh. Like, seriously. Not okay, Evan. Wow. Not okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. I just, I just assume goblins are tasty. That's just my thing. No. No, it's not easy being green. It's not easy being green. I assume I, there there's one of the few rules I live by, and that is the cuter the the animal, the better the meat. And I think That's goblins are kind good. of adorable, so I would imagine that it's pretty good. I imagine dolphins like the best. Like it might be okay if you're in a, like a dark sun post apocalyptic situation. Like even Dune, the movie in sure. that world has a weird form of cannibalism because you know. Like uh, the fallen Fremen, we're gonna take all the water out of them, and then we're gonna drink it later. Like, yeah, that's yeah, like that's just recycling, though. That's different. Yeah, I mean they're not gonna use it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought I, th- an element. I thought you were green, Seppi. <laughs> this is a thing in there. There's a thing in there, and you should be asking the question in and around. And so your existential horror for your game. I don't think I could play that that game for that reason. I'm like, oh god. Ooh no! <laughs> this this creature had obvious feelings and wanted to be my friend, but of course I'm a vegetarian. Like, well, uh, yeah, I, I I can't do it. I can't do it. So like there in bug snacks, like there are animals that are just vegetables. Like there's carrot creatures. That's all they are. They're just ambulatory carrots. Is that technically would that fit in your vegetarian lifestyle? Uh... Yeah, I mean, like treants and ambitory, like, so my last game was called Mouse Cheese Cat Cucumber, and in it, 
um, all of the uh, halves are foodstuffs, mm-hmm. like the Royal Cheese, Kaiser Cucumber, Beef Wellington, who owns the Zeppelin Yard. Like, he's a robber baron. Like, and there is a real subtext that we should eat the rich. Like. <laughs> <laughs> We are just checking off all the political things here. We're just hitting it. And, uh, you know, and then, like, the animals are sort of the middle class. And then underneath them are the dead inside automatons. The steampunky, like, robot class of the steampunk world are the the folks who are barely enlightened um, as into their own personal condition or programmed to be a certain way. Like, there's a thing that's going on because they have no choice. So uh, the, the question is, would it be okay to eat an ambulatory carrot? No. <laughs> okay. That's, that has been settled. <laughs> you know, and moving on, because I, I, we do have important things to talk about. Not that, you know, you know, ethics of eating goblins is, is not important. Uh, no, but I, it is. I, it's I, terribly important. But, like but, in a fallout world, like ghouls are a thing, right? Absolutely. We, we we spent a lot of time thinking about what food is and who should food be. Yeah. I've, 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 uh, I've accepted my future as, as someone's dinner. So that's, that's fine. And it, it would, it, it would feel, it would feel, well, I, you know, that's, that's, that's why I eat as bad as I do. <laughs> you know, I'm still, you I'm still going to eat you to suffer. They're, 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 yeah. They're, you know, if I'm going out as a heart attack, so are you. Basically, no. You're probably filled with like asbestos and mercury and some other stuff that would you just collected and led. I ate a lot of Twinkies. I'll just say that. Yeah, it's it's, you know paint chips. How many paint chips did you eat? Like today? Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I do want to quick talk about Psychonauts two, which is the other big. That was not on Steam sale. That one I uh, I was just I I did I I should mention this. I got a PS five since the last show. Uh, I was give the, the the Sony ferry flew over my house and it uh, uh, wow. it, it, gr- it graced me with one and oh, happy uh, I did pay for it so it's not like it was a, oh. a gift but uh, oh. but I, I, the gift was the ability to pay for it I guess I, I don't know mm-hmm. regardless uh, and so I, what did I do I played a PS4 game on it first thing uh, and so uh, so I, I, I had Psychonauts 2 I, I bought that months ago and, and finally got around to it that deserves every award it ever gets that is one of the most the the greatest games in the last few years uh again from the voice acting but also from the level design and from the the story like there's there's almost zero flaws with this game and that's hard for me to say just because i'm generally a a a sourpuss when it comes to this stuff but there's almost nothing wrong with this and the, the biggest thought I had while playing it was I either want there to be a Psychonauts animated show because I think I think all the pieces are there. There's enough lore in that game for it to be a show, honestly. Or I want this team, uh, the team that did Psychonauts 2, to do a Gravity Falls video game. Because there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of crossover in tone between those two properties and I think they would have a lot of fun with it. So one of those two things need to happen. Seppi, I'm going to put you in charge of that. So make that happen. <laughs> you know people. On it. On it. Okay, thank you. 
Uh, but that is that is an absolutely fabulous game, especially if you love kind of that PS2 era platformers, like your Jack and Daxters and things like that. Like if you love that those collectathons. This is a fabulous game for that. So just so jump on that and 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 kudos to that entire team for for getting that because I know that was having talked with a lot of the voice actors on that uh, project from the first game. I know what a, a labor of love it was to get that second game out. Uh, so it's amazing that it happened, and it's amazing th- that it is as good as it is. So, so thumbs Evan, up. Evan, I love this about you that you are a voice actor groupie. Oh, I love this. I wouldn't say I've groupie. Like, uh, nah, Rob, would you say groupie? Sound sound like some some groupie vibes to me. You know. <laughs> I mean, I I, I, I did I, I did make a point when I was uh, visiting Seattle years ago to see uh, the woman who does the voice of Glados in the Portal games. Uh, she was doing a play, and so I did I did go to that play like, and, and meet her. Like she was in a play. she was in the play. That's she pretty, was in the play. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was the Mousetrap, which really which helped cool. because that's also my wife' favorite play but she'd never seen it live. So it's like the, it was the easiest sell I've ever had to do. So win, 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 And she was super, and she you, was super nice. I'm going to move you from groupie Evan to total fanboy now. Like I, that is a total fanboy. I will, move I that, will, like, I will 100% <laughs> cop to fanboy, but groupie I feel is worse than fanboy. No, I don't think you so. You don't think so? I think groupie is just older. <laughs> well, I am old as we've discussed. <laughs> groupie is a little bit worse because it almost has a little stalkery. That's you see, like, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I don't really stalk people. But we were you already found this woman in a place. So you we see her in person. We like, were already totally fits. We were already going to <laughs> Seattle. It wasn't. It wasn't anything. You know, I wasn't searching anything out. I was out. already outside her house, and my <laughs> my, my, my my camera and my phone are the same thing. Happened to be doing it. Happened to be doing things. That. She wow. like through her window, and I don't even know. Okay, let's talk about Sovranti. <laughs> now that you've 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 slandered me, I'm gonna give you the opportunity <laughs> to promote your stupid stupid platform for jerks. Oh, Sovranti is great. Let's talk about like, let's talk about yeah, digital board games. Here. Let's talk about digital let's board talk games. About digital board games. So. Um, like I said early in the show, like last year, according to marketing experts, there's a report, people who labeled themselves as gamers doubled in size. And so as Rob so eloquently uh, stated, it is about making these things that we already love more accessible by uh, streamlining them or getting to the core strategy without like having to know all the futzy bits. And I think that really pertains to the Sovereignty Board Game Library. So uh, just folks know, you know Fight in a Box is my, uh, is my publishing company. That's where I do board games. And I partner with Sovereignty exclusively as my digital partner for my game. So you won't see it on TTS. You won't see my games on uh, Board Game Arena. You won't see my games on Tabletop Simulator or uh, uh, Tabletopia. Um, and uh, one of the number one reasons that even happened was because uh, Jason is local to us and he gave me the time of day. And um, as far as what the experience that I want people to have when they stumble into uh, one of my games, uh, Sovereignty provides that if I can't be there. So it's totally rules enforced. Um, it, so you can never cheat. It does all the scoring. Um, all the manuals are in there already. 
Um, it plays on any platform, so you can play tablets to, and it's cross-platform friendly, so you can play phones to tablets to PCs to Macs. Uh, you know, everybody, everybody but Linux currently can play together on one thing. It's voice-enabled in case somebody uh, is Discord uh, adverse. So those are all the major features of it. The, the only bad thing about it compared to, like, a board game arena is it's in early access so matchmaking is not there and the community is relatively small and so if you sit in a lobby and wait for a game you're not going to find one um you need to bring a, a, a you need to come to the events and play in the events that they have and they have weekly events and monthly events or you know get your friends to come and play with you because it's free and uh Everything on the library is free depending on when it is in the year. So they rotate. So it's an open library. Does that make any sense, Rob? Did... No, it does. Are you familiar with Sovereignty at all? No, I'm not actually, but it sounds really cool because, like, me personally, I, I love board games. I just don't have enough friends to play them with. So that, that sounds very accessible. I can get them into games like that I'm interested in and I've been trying to push on them for a while now. So <laughs> that sounds really cool. I think it's good for like, hey, we're sitting waiting for uh, our table at a bar. Let's pull mm -hmm. out our phones and play a game together. Yep, right? exactly. It's really good for that. It's really good for I need quality time with grandma. Uh, let's play some cribbage. Uh, you could do that on the, mm -hmm. on the platform. All you have to do is yeah, get her in there. That's really cool. cool. Uh, I want to play some hearts, whatever it is. Or I want to play something that is particularly rough to play on like a TTS or uh, or a uh, Tabletopia, which is mm -hmm. those polyomino games. You've had to oh, do God. a lot of tabletop simulators. <laughs> it's, it is brutal. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I, I do a lot of like, to be fair, I do a lot of tabletop simulator because I have to because I'm a uh, board game designer. And to get sometimes that's the only way, especially in a pandemic, you can get people to try your new titles. Uh, by the way, my new title is called Conquest Princess, uh, Battle Fashion on Space Patrol. Fashion is power. Uh, you guys should check that out later on this year. And that is all. Uh, that is the entire title. The box is six I feet long. I don't know exactly. Conquest Princess is probably taken by somebody else, but uh, I normally just go ahead the short form, which is Conquest Princess. Uh, it is a co-op bag builder. But uh, that being said, when you want somebody to start the, on their board game journey, you first have to ask yourself before why they can't see it's fun is why wh what happened to them earlier in their life that they decided that board games weren't for them. Uh, if it flat out is, you know, nobody ever uh, introduced them to board games before, that's that's an easy sell. But a lot of folks, it is um, learning new games um uh, at least with my friend group is brutal or it makes me feel dumb or uh, there's a lot of problems with, you know, styles of learning for people at, who sit at a table, right? Mm -hmm. Like teaching people games, you should always start with asking them like what kind of learner they are so you can cater to it and then start with the goal and then work back to the goal. It's just as a, as a guideline, that is the best way to, to teach games platform being all rules enforced uh, means that sovereignty can allow you to learn as you play because it will never let you do something that you can't do 
and you can stop and you can ask questions. It'll never let you get placement wrong. It will score everything. It will explain things as they're happening. I think the tutorials could be better, and I think that end could uh, be improved still. But it, you know, if you're already familiar with the game, it's easy enough. And certain types of style of games, it's fantastic. So, like, you know, your Seven Wonders or Sushi Go, your pick and pass draft is really good on the platform, no matter what, um, what style of technology you're on. Like, and Sushi Go is just a good time. Uh, <laughs> again, uh, locally, Planet Unknown. Uh, you can't get that game anywhere. Um, it sold out again because it, it showed up. And then, you know, World Logistics Problems, it sold out, and now people are waiting for it. If you're looking for a copy of Planet Unknown to play, you should definitely play it on the Sovereignty platform. Uh, I think it's free this month uh, for July because it's Builder Month. So um, you should check that out. There's a reason that game is sold out. It's fantastic. And it's local. One thing I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated with, uh, and you kind of hinted about it a little bit earlier, is... You, you, we've talked about how you know the definition of gamer, the people that describe themselves as gamer, has exploded. But I think even more so has been the the, the explosion of digital board games, both in the sense that you're talking about with with sovereignty. And I apologize because I'm calling it sovereignty um, because it's spelled funny because it's the internet, uh, and I just I just I didn't think it was an actual word. Um, but but you know, like you mentioned, tabletop simulator and those. But also, you know, the more app based stuff. I mean, and everyone's got you know, there's thousands of board games that have an app version in either a direct translation or kind mm -hmm. of a a, a a mixture of the two, depending on how the game works. And those have just completely taken off, and it's I think it's one hundred percent. Or I okay, eighty percent the pandemic, twenty percent the technology is finally there to to really do some interesting things, um, especially when you look at the more the more platformy stuff like sovereignty and and tabletop simulator and those um, where you can just kind of plug in the game that you want to play, but you know it's people that it's not only the people that are new into board games but the people that love playing board games but you know couldn't see people for a year. Oh, I think that's definitely uh, the case. And I talk to other publishers on a regular um, about their release cycles. And so every title has multiple release cycles. So the first one, obviously, is Kickstarter warm-up. If you're a small indie guy like myself, the Kickstarter itself, and then late backing. Okay, and then you chill out for things to show up. And then suddenly it's uh, pre-retail, retail release, holiday. And so... Uh, and now, in between Kickstarter and retail, there's now your digital release can happen. Um, and that's one of the great things about uh, Sovereignty as a platform. Now, Sovereignty as a platform is not going to be as good as your AAA, like, uh, phone titles for, you know, like, Star Realms or something that is, you know, insane that you paid another $13 or plus four, right? Mm -hmm. Um uh, but there's a reason that tabletop game companies are all paying attention to this because for the last X number of years, uh, Games Workshop, which is famous for the you know, Warhammer miniature games, um, has made their IP the number one uh, profit uh, area for their company. <laughs> 
like licensing their IP out for people to play in computer games is uh, where they make their most money. Mm-hmm. And so they've gotten draconian about uh, you know media stuff because I was like going to do a TikTok about their new paints at Gamma, and they were like, "No, you don't." And I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Can you answer a question for my fans on TikTok?" And they're like, "No, <laughs> you can put wow. in any." Anything with corporate to see, like, but uh, for, to that end, like, this crossover is more and more happening. And when people, and I'm old guy explaining the crap out of various topics simultaneously, um, the digital release of the games have become more and more prevalent. And finding um, a way to introduce people that board gaming is for everybody, and that is awesome. And then you don't have to have a lot of money board game or have a lot of pre-knowledge is one of the reasons that sovereignty is constructed the way it is. Does that make sense? Yes. And what I was, what I was thinking about is, is like digital board games are not new. Like we've played monopoly on Nintendo. You know, I mean, like we've played these board games in digital versions, you know, pretty much since, you know, video games existed, but there's been such a Renaissance in not only the technology, on the sen- in the sense of like the apps and things like that, where you can you can do. I mean, I'm thinking of uh, not only just the, the 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 production values that go into like the, fi- the the fantasy flight stuff, like Elder Ring or Elder Sign. Excuse me, uh, you got me thinking about Elden Ring already. Uh, <laughs> Elder Sign, you know, like that that app has got some production value bef- behind it, and it's got voice acting and 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 all that. And but then you've also got these platforms like Sovereignty, like this, where in a weird way, like that's like the one part of the quote unquote metaverse that I'm not terrified of because I feel like that's places like sovereignty and things like that. That's where we're going to see the, the promise of, of, you know, virtual reality or metaverse or whatever, however you want to do it. That's where you're going to see that in like, I can get together and I can play Seppi's games with people from around the world in an environment that feels like, if I was playing it with people in a game store or, you know, in a hotel room or something like that and, and, and good on the, the board game communities, uh, both in terms of the Indies and also like the big players, how much they've embraced that. Like you said, I would, uh, oh, I would really like to see a number of people who have the steam version of Gloomhaven versus the physical copy of Gloomhaven. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it is de- it's it's definitely one of those animals, right? There's things that it may, it does the bookkeeping. It's digitally enhanced. They give a full immersive experience. Conversely, there are games like Dark Tower that uses an app to do all the bookkeeping in it. Like we're gonna see more hybrids and more crossovers, and we're gonna see a lot more opportunity for people to get people excited about their IP, like. You know, if there was a successful video game chain, there was probably a board game version of it. And if there's a really successful uh, board game, there is going to be a mobile or tablet version of it. Are either of you Slay the Spire people? Oh, yes. That game is so fun. I, <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was a last month's free to play game on um, PSN. So I definitely grabbed it and I, I was playing it quite a bit. I was like, wow, this game is actually way more intuitive than i thought it would be because it looked kind of basic at you know just like looking at some of the videos and i started playing i was like wow this game is actually pretty cool 
Yeah, I'm on board. I love Slay the Spire, and it's also it's it's profoundly a board game done on a oh yeah uh, yeah like there's a whole genre of of these card games uh like yeah that that is this hybrid space and every time you talk about a renaissance in gaming um there has been a push pull between um uh computer games and board gaming and role playing games right mm-hmm. um one of the biggest things that brought people to gaming in the early 90s was magic the gathering um after magic the gathering it was worlds of warcraft after worlds of warcraft um we are back into like 3.5 dnd and then from there now we have all these podcasts there's this cycle of people discovering and gaming just getting larger uh, before the pandemic, obviously, all these gaming conventions were popping up and all of them were growing in size. And there's a reason that PAX has its own board game convention, right? If you, if, if, if folks wanted to you know, like try board games out who are computer game people, you should go to PAX Unplugged. Like, it is an, a fantastic show. For me, I love it as a publisher because it opens up new audiences and people who aren't sort of already preset in their idea of what a board gamer is or what a gamer is. And those that energy is intoxicating, Rob. Is intoxicating. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it definitely does sound like a great time. <laughs> yeah, no, if people wanted to check out uh, Sovereignty, Tuesday nights, I yeah, one of the live events, I do three live events in a week. Uh, one of my live events is... Um, uh, running a game night on Tuesday nights. So uh, we teach people games. We teach people, if they bring a group, we'll teach their whole table. Um, obviously, it's all virtual. We do it in their Discord. Um, it has great titles, not just my little weird indie titles, which are great, but they're little weird and indie. Uh, I agree with like everything said, you said so far. Yeah, so um, we talked about Planet Unknown because Isle of Cats was a huge title. That game's there. It's fantastic. Tiny Towns. Uh, just hit the platform uh, this month. Um, there are a lot of uh, crowd pleasers, like uh, two of Grandpa Beck's games. If you've never played Skull King, uh, it is a gamer's game that you can get in front of your, your family at, at Thanksgiving. Uh, it is a classic card game with a nerdy pirate shell. It is great. Um, so uh, there's a lot of things. Uh, Jeff Tidbull's latest, another local guy, Broken and Beautiful's there. There's a lot of things to check out that if you've never heard of them before. There's solo versions of the games. If you are interested in doing solo board gaming and don't want the cleanup of having to do it out or uh, do the expense of doing it, um, I highly recommend Planet Unknown solo modes on Sovereignty. They're, they're fantastic. And what's more sovereign than playing by yourself? It's true. <laughs> I mean, it's true. So they'll have a booth at Gen Con. They had a booth, a booth at Origin stop in. Um, they're doing a thing where they're having some of their favorite like media people come and do like two hours of random stuff in their booth for Gen Con. Like, I think Danny Standring is doing sand art in the booth for two hours, which is just hysterical. So if you need to do sand art, 
come and do sand art at the sovereignty booth at Gen Con. And we, I, I should, I should point out uh, just uh, for the sake of balance. Now we obviously love sovereignty, even if we don't always know how to pronounce it. Uh, but you know, there are other platforms out there for people that are looking. You know, because you don't have every game, and so you might you're gonna have to probably search around if you're looking for specific games. Um, but you know, we've talked about Tabletop Simulator, which is kind of the big dog. Yeah, uh, let's talk about all of them. Let's talk all of them and who's the right one for each one. Exactly. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, Tabletop Simulator for me—that's the one I have the most experience with, uh, just because of the the games that I've worked with and the companies that I've done stuff with. Um, but there's a weird physics engine to Tabletop Simulator that is can be very entertaining when you when it comes time for cleanup for games. Yeah. Because, because as, as a collector of of board games, I I'm never gonna flip the table. Or just start throwing pieces around, but I can do that in Tabletop Simulator. It's very, so, very cathartic. So yeah, TTS, you have to buy the app, but then it's basically uh, either publisher-sanctioned or not pirated content. <laughs> One of the problems with recommending TTS is that you've got to make sure that you're not robbing the people who made those games Absolutely. of their, their stuff. That's a, that's a factor. Obviously, there's some people who do that, and you should definitely help them out and then there are people like people who ask for explicit uh permission and then go do those things that that does end up happening so if you're a steam person you can get it on sale i think tts is great it does have a weird sandbox physics engine um uh yeah more accessible than tts would be tabletopia which Mm -hmm. is basically a browser version of a similar experience it uses the the wazid do kids still say the wazid no, we don't. <laughs> I was called I was called it Wasdy, but that's Wasdy. that's but that's a uh, Wasdy. Yeah. Right, yeah, WASD. Yeah, it does the WASD. Uh, <laughs> what what yeah, do the so... kids call it, Rob? No, they still call it Wasdy. Okay, good. <laughs> 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 they still call it. Wasdy. <laughs> All right, you're feeling very old. Uh, so <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, but it um. You know, zero barriers of entry for that one. Um, again, it's a physics engine, so they have more titles. Uh, you can get a premium uh, membership with them that unlocks different titles or subscribe to different titles. That's their business model. Um, also, there's uh, Board Game Arena. Now, Board Game Arena is owned by Asmodee. And so it has the largest community of any of them and some titles that you that, that everybody knows. Um, and so uh, it is focused almost entirely, though, on the gameplay. There's uh, yeah. It, yeah. So um, if you want to sneak in a game, um, yeah, a board game arena is a good way to just sneak in the game. It doesn't have any of that interpersonal interaction with people. Um, they, everybody else might as well be Russian robots. Uh, but, um, there's a, there's always a game there. There's always somebody you can find something to play with. Um, it is through your browser. Um, so if you have a machine like mine, that is, you know, uh, squirrel powered, it still will play, allow (laughs) you to play some of these games and so forth and whatnot. Shout out to all the squirrels out there. Yeah. Squirrels. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no. So it, it isn't as friendly to people who don't intrinsically know the games yet, but I think they're working on it. And obviously, Asmodee is uh, owned by a bigger megacorp, right? 
the financial group and so they they yeah they're they're gonna put more time and money into all that so i think uh digital board games in one way or another if it's you know i couldn't be excited more about like slay the spire 2 that game is affecting other people's consciousness these card building deck building games are fantastic on on uh, computer games and mm-hmm. i think this back and forth between board game people and computer people is going to continue to explore and that in between space is also going to continue to expand absolutely let's talk a little bit before we wrap up about fighting a box yeah yay let's talk about me because <laughs> you haven't had enough talking this this episode I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> no don't apologize I, I don't apologize to you evan i was uh, apologizing to rob so before we wrap up completely, Rob, what do you got coming out for the site? Um, so far right now, I am gonna be doing a more in-depth review of DNF Duel actually. So um, I think it's gonna be video format. This this one, uh, I do have a video that's coming up soon. I believe Adam's gonna do a little bit more editing on it uh, about Once Human. It's an action survival game that's coming out. We don't have a release date for it, but um. Yeah, I did an in-depth review on that one, and uh, I think I'm pretty happy with with what I have. So, but yeah, those are like the two things that are coming up, um, and I'm possibly thinking about V Rising too because I, I didn't see anything up for that. So, yeah, I'm gonna keep playing those games so I can get like some good reviews on them. I'm get con- some information out. I'm continually confused uh, between V Rising and Vampire Survivors. And, and the, difference. they're very different games, but it's like mm-hmm. the titles are close enough. And like, because one, ha- one is a survival game and the other one has survivor in the title. It's just like, wait, uh-huh. what, what? Um, like, is this some, is <laughs> like, I own some vampire survivors and I'm like, and I see these ads for V rising. I'm like, is this a mode that I haven't unlocked yet? Like, cause the graphics are a lot different. <laughs> um, so so cool. So you can check all that out at megadads.org. You can check out Seppi's stuff at Sovereignty, which is S-O-V-R-A-N-T-I.com or fightinabox.com. And we'll have links to all that in the show notes as well. Thank you both, gentlemen, for coming on and letting me get a word in edgewise. You just left in the middle of the whole thing. Evan. But I'm going to edit like, that part I'm out. I'm done with both of them. <laughs> I'm going to edit that part out so that no one will know or no one no, was going to know until you brought it up again. No, it's fantastic. And if uh, folks were interested in interacting with me, uh, they should follow me on TikTok. is a great way to see what in and out. Well, I, uh, yeah, they should follow me on TikTok, and they can see like what the life of a board game publisher is really like. And if you want to see like uplifting things, I'm sure there's other things on TikTok as well. No, no, my, 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 you're very, very you, you are, you are, you are very positive. Yes. I, I, On TikTok? I, yeah, yes. absolutely. It's, the medium <laughs> is very like, yeah, no, I, I like that, that, that version of me that I'm trying to, you, you are, grow. you are particularly built for TikTok. I'll say you are. Yeah. You're trying to stab me with your darkness. Evan. No, like Rob, if you want to come to board game night, some night, let me know. I, we'd love to have you. Absolutely. Um, we would love you guys to review sovereignty as well. Um, uh, Evan, you are morally obligated to play my new title as far as board game I've goes. I've played uh, you know. all of your titles. I own everything that's out of yours. I know. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm an early backer. I think of everything except. I, I know you're, you're so great. Yeah, I know. It's like, come on, dude. That's so good. I still have to. Sh- I, I still have to show you my my cucumber tube. Whoa. 
now that we're just gonna leave it on that thank you so much for listening that is yep Megadad's Checkpoint is powered by Vance and part of Megadads.org, which will be available in both digital and analog form in Q3.